Good morning. We have an action-packed show today. The Fab Four are assembling with special guest, the King Dude, Mike Church from the Crusade Channel. We'll be talking about Canada quite a bit today. We in the home of the brave and the land of the free are watching uh, patiently as the socialists to the north of us are fighting for freedom while we sit here and do nothing about it. Uh, we're also going to be talking about school boards and in our Hillary segment, we have to add a new Hillary segment because she's back and you're not going to believe what she's saying. This is the rundown. Catholic Disinfo Hour, celebrating its second year of weekly production. The Rundown is a collaborative Catholic news and opinion show endeavoring to expose and mock the Build Back Better New World Order in both civil society and the church. We've correctly predicted lockdowns, mandates, elections, and public frauds of all manner. Covidians hate us, normies try to ignore us, and fake news organizations wish they could be us. This is The Rundown. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Are you prepared to lose your truck? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, come take my truck, do whatever you got to do. It's, it's fine. Well, because it's just a material possession, right? Freedom is, freedom is something much more than that. So take my possessions, put me in jail, sue me, do whatever you got to do. The goal of the Transition Closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that, because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise, and when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman.
Okay, that was Omicron Queen. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you catch it? How did you catch it if you had the vaccine? How does that work? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are joined by the King Dude Crusade Channel. He is, uh, well, we're all standing on his shoulders. And it's an honor to have you, Mike Church. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Trying to get my shoulders good and clean so I can, <laughs> I can live up to the honor. Uh, you know that uh, that clip you showed from those guys in New Zealand, Amari? Yes. Don't mess with them. Jacinda, I would go into hiding. The Maori are bad, you know what. So, there's a movie out there. I want you all to watch it. It's called uh, Once We're Warriors. It's about the Maori or Maori family. Um, these guys mean it. You're talking about toxic masculinity. Oh. And that dance that they were doing, that's their like coming of age uh, as as young men dance. They're serious, the Maoris. I, I wouldn't want to mess with them. They look super serious. They are. <laughs> We got our, our top story today is what's happening up in Canada. I have so many videos and I want to get everybody's reaction to them. This I think what we're witnessing in Canada of all places in the whole world under under socialist tyranny is an uprising. Uh, the police have struck back, though, in the last 12 to 24 hours. They've started to arrest people here. They are making arrests. They've arrested the leader of the of the uh, of the whole thing. And here he is getting arrested on camera. Don't worry, we'll, we'll make the calls, Chris. On my way. Yeah, yeah. We'll make the calls. Yeah, yeah. So that looks pretty peaceful. This looks less And if this looks less peaceful, this is even less peaceful. This is disgusting! Disgusting! Oh my god! You're now attacking And if throwing old people to the ground isn't bad enough, how about trampling them and killing them? Dude, the right has struck back, uh, and at least one woman has already died from being trampled underfoot by uh, there are others who are injured as well. Do you think Trudeau is going to be able to bust this thing up? Uh, no. <laughs> what do you mean, he'll uh, do a good job of trampling people, uh, as you saw, and uh, uh, trying to use some violence? So, the irony is that these are Canadians, eh? <laughs> You, know, you think of Canadians, I think, uh, blame Canada, blame Canada. I think of them from the, the from the South Park TV show and the movie and Dudley Do-Right. These people are not known for being stormtrooping Nazis. 
And, you know, you know Kennedy Hall, and I've been talking to Kennedy about this for four weeks now. Mm-hmm. He's like, Mike, I just don't see it. I just don't see that uh, that Canadians, even Canadian police officers who come from Canadian stock, are yeah. capable of doing, you know, or perpetrating that kind of violence against the citizenry. And as you saw there, they actually aren't very good at it. <laughs> because if they really <laughs> wanted to trample that crowd, it just would have been full speed ahead with those horses, yeah. make a, a, a cord and the other with the rest of them off like they were trying to do with uh, just using bodies. They were seriously outnumbered yesterday. I don't know if you saw. Uh, seriously outnumbered. There's a uh, there's a lady that works, uh, that uh, does reporting on this. Um, uh, her name is Marie Oaks, I believe. Yeah. And uh, if you go to her Twitter feed, you can see uh, a lot of the pictures that you've seen. She was there yesterday all day long. And I think she works for Westphalia News, I want to say. Um, uh, there are several journalists. This whole thing was videotaped. There's nothing that they did that wasn't caught on camera. The The thing about Trudeau is, uh, uh, number one, he's a minority government. He has 34% of the parliament. That's not a majority. So he's not that hard to get rid of. Um, they could actually have an up or down vote of no confidence, and he yeah. would have to accept it if they said no. But then he could do an end around, and he could call for another election. He could call Stacey Slobrams and the gang up to Canada and rig that. Um, so is Trudeau going uh, – is he going to be successful in this? Um, I guess that depends on how you define success. Yeah. If you def- – the proper – I think the, the proper question to ask is, so this is the end of your democracy. This is what democracy produces. I hate to see what dictatorship produces. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Ryan, is this the? It looks like uh, we're witnessing another Tenement Square, but un- unlike uh, before, there's no global outcry uh, from from what we're witnessing. No, we're not, because it's um, instead of being the outlier, this is the new normal, essentially. The <laughs> wow. Unless, unless uh it's uh, the bureau of land management i mean <clears throat> the, oh, the other the other uh, blm mm-hmm. um and uh it's it's a politically approved uh demonstration of some sort because it's going to do something like oh i don't know clear out uh businesses that occupy sections and old buildings down in areas so that blackrock can swoop them in and build the pods that you're going to be eating bugs in and owning nothing and being happy about so um <laughs> Then, then it's okay. Then it mostly, you know, fiery, but mostly peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's actually peaceful, no, no, no. We cannot have that. So you have little dictator Trudeau, uh, who's essentially an overgrown man-child, having a teddy tantrum. And so now he's got to get, you know, send the shock troops out because he's he's got his teddy tantrum going on there. Um, and it's normal now. And that will be the, the continuing pattern. Because basically look at all of liberalism. And the crown countries are all very liberal governments. Oh, we did what the French Revolution did without barricades and without guillotines. And isn't it great? And and we're all nice until suddenly you're not going along with the program. And then liberalism does what it actually does. And here when I say liberalism, I don't mean you're your average left winger, your Democrat. I mean the whole system and ideology of liberalism, which includes most conservatives. Um, that whole world, that whole ideology is the French Revolution, and that's the microcosm of where the liberal world goes. 
So it all starts with these these wonderful liberal notions of freedom and and liberty and equality, things that at least in a certain respect we can get behind them, not in the same sense as the French Revolution. But certainly, obviously, men are free, that, that in terms of our human dignity, we're equal. We can all get behind that, right? But then it goes from those really high-minded notions to the the Committee for Public Safety and Secret Police and the guillotine. Yeah. And, and later, you know, of course, uh, in, in the next phases of future revolutions, barricades, the commune, the Paris commune, I mean, all these horrific things. That's where liberalism ends up. Brother Martin, is this, this is build back better. This is what we're witnessing. We're building back better on the backs of human beings. Building the French Revolution back better. One of the problems with those these notions like freedom, uh, equality, liberty, is that there's nothing really every person can have their own definition of these things. So Trudeau might have a completely different definition of what it means for people to be equal in his, in his country than the actual citizens do. But I think one thing that's really good about uh, what's going on in Canada is that we see kind of the death of democracy, the death of, of this idea in the sense that one, you have um, the reality that the government can be controlled by people like Soros, um, elections can be rigged. But then also you see right now that the power of the mob the power of the mob right now, there are citizens fighting for their freedom, but regardless, it's still a mob. And so you, they got, you either take what the government gives you or take what the mob, mob is going to give you. But in reality, this is it's kind of a, a lose-lose situation right now for democracy. Yeah, I mean, the first instance of democracy in scripture is, the, is mob rule, and it's crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I want to do one more round on this topic, if we don't mind. I'll go back to you, the king dude. It makes it really hard for me to back the blue when I see stuff like this happening around the world. How do we thread the needle in terms of being conservatives, supporting law and order, backing the blue when they're right, whereas you know they're the ones who are now throwing people out for not wearing masks, throwing people out of stores who don't have their vaccine passports. It makes it really tough to back the blue, King Dude. Where am I wrong on that? Well, it depends on which blue you're, black, you're backing. <laughs> uh, some of the blue are, well, first of all, you should define what the blue are supposed to be. Peace officers, you know, most American police cars you see to protect and serve. Uh, okay, so to protect from what? Most people think that the police force is there and uh, your sheriff is there to protect you from the bad guys. Well, most people call 911 after they've been shot, <laughs> after they've been knifed or the house has been broken in. So what are they there? What's the protect quotient? Yeah. Well, the protect is, is that the sheriff is your first and should be last line of defense. If we're going to live under these uh, things called constitutions, then your sheriff is your last and first line of defense to protect you, your rights under that constitution from anyone trying to abrogate them. So the, the it seems to me they have the protect part all wrong, which is why I, I like what the, some of the Canadians were doing when they were saying, this is about our constitution, this is about our rights, you're on our side. When you take that uniform off, you're me. This is the whole concept of a citizen military, right? And a yeah. citizen police force. So there are many, there are lots of, we all, we all hear the, uh, I don't even want to use the adage because the it's just so cliched uh, the, that the, we all know good cops. Yeah, sure. Hmm. We all do know good cops. Hmm. And a good cop is a guy who should be, at the end of the day, he should be what used to be called a peace officer. Yeah. Barney Fife, you can laugh at him and mock him all you want. There is redneck cop America. But uh, the Andy Griffith show and, and, and Barney Fife's role under Andy as a sheriff, that's pretty much how it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an adage I used to use on, sh- on my uh, radio show in the old station in the old country. 
And that is uh, we should all live under the uh, obedience to the unenforceable. So the police really aren't supposed to be doing much of what they're doing. If we lived in any form of Christendom under any form of, of subsidiarity, where God and uh, Jesus Christ as our, as, our, as our Lord and King, his laws were up here and government was here, the, perfect, the most perfect state here, the other perfect state here, under it, you wouldn't have these problems. I wholeheartedly agree with Brother Martin, though. Democracy is on trial. Democracy is a God that failed. It's on its way out. The world can see now that feudal systems, monarchies, whatever, aristocracies, not such a bad system of government to live under. <laughs> I want to throw the uh, the uh, policing question to Ryan and brother. We'll start with you, Ryan. Uh, it's hard for me to back the blue. I my my neighbor in my where I used to live was a, was a police officer. He's a great man, uh, and I trust him with my life. Uh, in the small town that I live in now, the chief of police has held my infant, has been to the house. He's invited my children to come out and play with his goats. Um, but as you get into more uh, urban environments, the police are increasingly militarized. Why do they have tanks, Ryan? Why do they have uh, automatic weapons? And how can we trust that? Really, you can't because once they got toys, they're going to want to use them. Police have been get being increasingly militarized for decades, actually. And as you have more and more gear from the military, it's not being used or they got to buy more, of course, because they keep supporting the military industrial complex. So a lot of that stuff will end up going to the cops. And what happens when you get more tanks? What happens when you get more uh, armored uh, vehicles and you get all sorts of uh, wonderful gadgets and gear? We want to use them, right? And then the itch to use them will increase at a certain level. Uh, hey, look, we got these crowd control things. Hey, look, we got these bad characters here. And that's where it'll start, where you get something that nobody's going to want to object to. Some really bad, unsavory character, uh, whether it's like some mid-level dealer or you know one of the big heavy hitters in terms of they've got all kinds of equipment themselves. Yeah, let's do this. And then, you know, nobody will cry when some some ridiculous use of force is employed against somebody who also happens to be not a very good character that we would not uh, particularly like living near us. So, hey, it's okay. Now you, you start, you set up a protest, you set up a, I mean, just look at some G8 protests over the, over the decades, uh, going back even to the 90s. You look at the Pittsburgh G8 and how they managed to uh, do the crowd control they did there, um, where they have sound cannons. They had uh, a certain, uh, I can't describe the equipment correctly, lasers that would cause pain in the body. This is in the 90s. They, they had this. And they'd corral the people into areas away from anywhere where the world leaders were going to be. Uh, even though they were, it was completely legal, they used um, APCs. They used, uh, you know, the police and military gear. They used all of these things. And people are like, "Oh yeah, well those those violent G8 protests. You know, what do they have against that? Right? Because the media is barely covering it." Um, yeah. And everyone kind of accepts it. So, and that's really the problem is once you militarize the police, how do you demilitarize? You really can't. It, it will continue that way. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm putting James on the screen when he doesn't want to be on the screen. James, do we have you now? Do we have audio and video connected with you? Never mind. I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, impeccable timing is always fine. You've joined just in time to, to uh, bash the police, James. Do you, do you feel safe by a militarized police? You know, we're going to enter into this whole thing again. And I'll say this. Um, 
you know, we all have our issues with Alex Jones, but my my uh, reasoning is someone as crazy as that, at least, uh, you know, to, to what, what people in the outside world, uh, the MSM would, would say, well, you know, but he's been talking about that stuff for maybe a couple of decades now, at least. And um, I, I, I've had my fair uh, sort of run-of-the-mill type uh, neocon attitude about the, you know, the police. Yes, you know, they're always here to help. They're always, you know, um, good for society. But as you and Mike, uh, Mike Church have said, you know, uh, they're, they're doing the, the overreach power has become uh, such that we don't recognize ourselves anymore as communities, you know? Uh, and so if you take that element of subsidiarity out of policing, you know, uh, that, that sort of creates a great uh, uh, chasm between who's being served and who's, who's, doing, who's doing the serving. Yeah. And um, right now, um, you, you walk down a typical street, you're meeting people, if you're a police officer, apart from the small town where you live, it's almost like, uh, level of distress that you you have you have to have in, in, in order to make sure that uh you know you're you're not giving them a, you know a reason to take your constitutional rights away from you um and that's been a problem for for as long as we can imagine i mean things like i mean having lived in washington dc of course you can't see the power of the state grow and grow and grow and it keeps it keeps doing that and the more it, it keeps growing to the levels especially where it's at now we we don't recognize uh the police who are there to to protect and to serve instead they they're the enforcers of the law and if you read plato's uh, uh book you know uh you talk about philosophy kings you talk about you know the, the police state on the next level and then we're, we're pretty much the police so so the the, the kings or the, or the state as i would like to, to 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 call them they use the police as their enforcers yeah. And right now, we're in a state where the enforcers are maybe between a rock and a hard place, at least I would think, you know, but they they are really there to serve and protect the powers, yeah, not the people. And so back to blue, it, it has a nice ring to it, but it's it's um it's overstated. Brother Martin, I want to give you the last word on uh, policing, but I want to—I want you to answer the question more from the perspective, the point of view of a well-ordered and well-disciplined society that is that is truly uh, Catholic, um, and and what a police force would look like in that scenario versus what we're seeing now, where you know disorder is promoted by absolutely everyone—Republican, Democrat, Independent, and everyone on the political spectrum. And um, and where people, instead of being shamed by their immorality, are shameless about their immorality. Sure. I mean, we're, we're in an age where the politicians still call themselves public servants. I don't know what kind of a uh, you know, fantasy land that they're living in. Um, but I think a, a true. True policing would be something along the lines of what Mike Church was saying, that uh, police come from the community. And it isn't so much that there's a, a statewide or a citywide police force where you go and you join, you put on a, a nice uniform and you're backed by or you're funded by taxes, but rather the, the individuals of the community themselves. Uh, there, was a, there was a sheriff in Florida back when the, all the lockdowns were happening. Um, I think there, were, there was talk about, you know, the threats to the Second Amendment rights, all that kind of stuff. And he was like, 
you know, if, if the government takes away all the second amendment, well, I'll just deputize everybody in the County. That way they become the police force. And I think that's, that's really where, where policing starts and why the second amendment is actually important is that we all need to be vigilant and active in our communities. The community itself needs to police the community. Um, this is how parents raise their children. You know, they're, they're the first ones uh, to watch behavior, et cetera, et cetera, and, and make uh, corrections. And so I think that that's ultimately what a, a, a real policing ought to look like. And the police force, if there is a police force, uh, I don't know, to take care of other things or, or, or be smaller. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, gentlemen, one of the overreaches of government that we're now witnessing, which is so shocking, is in the financial sector. Uh, and we have seen Mike Church, we've seen Trudeau freezing bank accounts. Uh, we have seen him going after people uh, who give to get and go. That that list was leaked. And I have the video of the man who leaked it. And um, we're going to break down that video. But but uh, the financial surveillance, I think, is what is so shocking to so many people, because mo a lot of people are not aware that this has been going on forever. Well, let's start at the top when you want to talk about finances. Usury. <laughs> you have a system of insane, diabolical usury, and we all participate in it. So by definition, you're wallowing in sin. Now, you may not intend, so you know, I'll leave that up to the theologians and the priests to work out. But at the root of this is the system of usury. And uh, the, uh, that system is going to produce, sin is going to cannot produce good results, right? Right, Brother Martin? Correct. So you have a sinful system, it's going to produce evil. That's what it's going to produce. So right there, and as far as the surveillance goes, uh, wrap your, your 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 brain around this. And I bet every one of you that has a smartphone and any one of you that has a smartphone or a dumb phone, like one of these diabolical contraptions, can vouch for this. The other day, my wife and I were on the way home from Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Someone brought me a bottle of this wonderful uh, bottle of bourbon for my uh, 31st celebration of my 29th birthday. And... <laughs> they, <laughs> I do math for a living, but that one got me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and first of all, I didn't know that this distillery existed. The St. Augustine Distillery. That's my brother Martin does in St. Oh, yeah. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. So I got a bottle of, of, of 10 year aged bourbon called the Saint. And I passed it around at, my, at the uh, celebration of the 31st anniversary of my 29th birthday. And everyone was taking sips. It was just delightful bourbon, no ice needed, delicious. So I, I asked Midish Chur, I said, I wonder if we can get another bottle of that, because I'd like to have a bottle of that on hand when that one runs out. And in my house, like in, like in Mike, Mike uh, from RTF Media's house, it's going to run out. So pretty quickly. Um, so I said, she said, well, I'll just look it up. She started typing in, and she used a duck, duck, go. St. Aug, and boom, St. Augustine Distillery popped up as one of the search results. I don't think the St. Augustine Distillery is a number one search result on Google. That phone was listening to what we were saying is the point. So if you have one of these, you live in a financial surveillance state. You know, my, and my thing about this, can, can you pass laws that can protect, you know, sunshine laws and, 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 and privacy laws well, to protect against this? Newsflash, they already did. As a matter of fact, if you go back to 2007, I thought that Senator Dodd and the sodomite Barney Frank had solved this. Do you remember this, guys? Dodd Frank. Dodd Frank was supposed that. to solve this. 
It was supposed to fix mm -hmm. it. Complete and total security, top to bottom. No more bail. Well, they're going to get a bailout, aren't they? No, they're not going to get another bailout because Dodd-Frank. How about super mortgages? How about jumbo mortgages? How about uh, uh, second mortgages against the first mortgages, which were illegal? No, they got rid of all that. And their surveillance, and they were going to make our banking safe and secure. That was 2007. So the fact that you have all of this financial apparatus now, and they just keep piling. Like every time you pile a layer underneath one of the other layers, and I see Ryan on screen here, Ryan nodding mm -hmm. his head. Every time you pile a layer mm -hmm. under it, you pile another layer of deceit. Right. If the top layer is not holy or is not pursuing the truth, good, true, and beautiful, and isn't honest, then and it's almost impossible for any layer under it. My advice is to all of you, anyone listening, stop using the fund me's. I have a website, shop.mikechurch.com. That's a shameless plug. I have a plug-in I use called crowdfunding. I run my own crowdfunding every month. I don't have to go to anybody else. No one's taking that money. It's going directly in that. Now, they could, I suppose, get it from my bank account. So this is the, the Catholic thing that we, we got to learn how to do this. We got to learn how to do these things ourselves. Yeah. We got to be like the Mormons. Got to be like the Amish. We got to be like the rabbinical conservative Jews. Form communities. Let's form our own banks. And if you need a fund me source, well, you know, maybe one of you founds it. But to me, the, the, the answer to, well, can we, let's fix the surveillance state. You're not going to fix the surveillance state. My advice, leave it. Do the best you can to leave it. People say make a parallel economy. Don't make a parallel economy. The parallel of the economy we're in is one that is made under the system of usury and under the Protestant work ethic that if it's profitable, it's good. Right. Capitalism is good. We're capitalists. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're Catholics. We want to live in a system that is fair and is just. You're not going to have it in this system. Any effort to fix it, in my opinion, is just a complete and total waste of time. So we should all be getting together and talking about how we can fix the problem by establishing and forming our own. As Brother Martin said, you need your own communities. If you had your own community, you borrow money there. And that's where your fund me would come from. Your name. And we need to quickly because we're going to quickly find ourselves in a bind. I'm going to share something, Mike. I'm going to see if we can try this again with the uh, the video. Mm -hmm. um, all right. And uh, this is going to be shocking for a lot of people if it if we can actually get this to work right. Is that coming through? A lot of folks says, look, I just don't like your vaccine mandates and I donate to go. this. What's illegal? Should I be worried that the bank can freeze my account? What's your answer to that? Well, if, I think if you if you are a member uh, of, you know, a, a pro-Trump movement who's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to this kind of thing, then you ought to be worried. How about that? Yeah, I, they can they can freeze our assets. The finan okay, so the the here's here's the first sign, at least that were, it became very clear to me, James, that we were being spied on by the Federal Reserve and and by and by the electronic banking system. In the height of the lockdown, I take my kids out to go to an ice cream shop, and um and this is this is when you know you're supposed to be doing all of this uh, socialist distancing and you're supposed to be tracking people and all this stuff. So they have a sign-in sheet there. They have a sign-in sheet to know who comes so that they can, you know, track who, who was there and do contact tracing, socialist way. Um, so I go and I, I, I go to swipe my debit card and then they say, oh, thank you for that. And then I looked at the sign-in sheet and I said, you, you didn't ask me to sign in. Not that I was planning on it. 
And she said, oh, well, if you pay by debit, you don't have to sign in because we know that you came and they know that you came. This is James. I mean, this is this is happening. Uh, the IRS now is going to be interested in every transaction over six hundred dollars. I mean, this is a, this is a level of tyranny that King George the Third would have blushed at. <laughs> I know, and here we are. We're so happy to give away uh, our information whenever uh, we're asked to. By some most people who think you know, very genial people, they don't necessarily even think it's a problem. They're ready to comply whenever uh, anything is asked of them. And so now we've, uh, we're at a time now where such a request is seen as not a problem, but rather part of, you know, uh, the, uh, the help. <laughs> but it's very nefarious because what it does now is it forces us all into a system where we have to comply. So you remember back when uh, nobody really, not, not everybody really had smartphones. They make things easier for people now. Oh, you know, you don't have to have your card. You can just uh, download or whatever it is. You can, you can have your card on your phone and you just tap you tap the device and we'll, we'll get your information. So now there's a whole lot of tapping going on. You go to a restaurant, you sit down, you're tapping your phone. Everything is, is, is basically, uh, uh, all the data is basically being gathered and shipped off, right? So a lot of people wonder, well, why are all these restrictions, you know, right now, there's, they seem to be ending. Well, perhaps because all these companies have gotten all the data they need in order to, 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 to push the next step forward, you know? So that's what I've been considering. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, it means, you know, we're, we're entering into a bigger problem that we haven't even fully anticipated yet. You know, I think, um, I yeah. think that, I think that's the logical uh, reason for why these, uh, these things uh, lift brother Martin. Um, we, we've, we've, We've debated it a few times on this show. Some some of us think that it's going to be a financial crisis next. Some some people are who you know are uh, just repeating what Bill Gates says that there'll be another pandemic. Maybe there'll be a war. Maybe it's Russia. Whatever it is, brother Martin, uh, there this this phase of the operation, the mass operation on all of mankind, is complete, and that's why they're rolling back the the uh, restrictions in most of the world. Yeah, I believe so. Everybody complied. You know, so many people took the jab um, and whatever was in that is probably now going to take effect. Um, and whatever, I mean, whether it be crashing the health system, because uh, that's where a lot of people put their money and their time and, and, their, and their hope for salvation um, in a long life. Um, you're, you're right that the next stage is about to hit us. It could be financial, um, but they've had all these capabilities um, for a while now. It's just all executing the plan. Yeah. Do you trust the plan? <laughs> uh the one thing one thing i do want to say about the canadians and i want to say this unironically is that I, as an american i admire what i am seeing up in canada right now there was a yeah. time i thought maybe this was a controlled op maybe this was a false flag a psyop maybe this was you know but i actually am convinced now that it is an authentic expression of freedom uh and it is a and it is a uh proportionate response to uh, Justin Trudeau, so my hat's off to you up in Canada. Um, speaking of the Canadians, though, last story on the Canadians, and I really want to break this down with all of us. So um, there's a video that came out, King Dude, and it's a guy who is the hacker who brought down GoFundMe, and he admits to it on a live stream. I'm going to show parts of the stream. We're going to pause it, and we're going to break this down because 
I, I need I need everyone to to look into this man's face, this young man's face, and see the evil for what it is. Nothing scares me. Nothing. Yes, I doxed the truckers. I did it. It was me. I had to give send go, baby. And I do it again. Now, first of all, he's admitting to a huge crime here. Second of all, he has pink hair. Third of all, he looks like a homo. Um, does anybody think anything's going to happen to him? Not a thing. Nope. It's just not going to happen. Well, yeah. no, he's going to be given uh, so many, so many things. Uh, I don't know, maybe a house, maybe a car. <laughs> land. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. That's the opposite thinking. of what should. Yeah, it gets better. Slithering like a- I do it a hundred times. I did it. I did it. Come at me. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to me? Look at his unnatural body movements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's slivering yeah. like a snake, King, dude. I mean, He's slivering like a snake because he is one. But I must say, I was, I was watching him with that funky-looking hair, that mop up top there. Uh, <laughs> I was having some flashbacks of somebody else that I've seen on television video, but we won't go there. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. guy obviously has what I like to call bogeys on him, but did he really do it, or is he just the guy that they put out there as the showman? Mm-hmm. To make it look like he did it, that guy doesn't look like uh, to me like he's capable of opening a pickle jar, one that's been <laughs> sealed at a factory. Um, uh, 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 this jar is just not cooperating. <laughs> one of you men that has like a real grip. Oh, let me feel your grip. Can you open this pickle jar for the guy couldn't open a pickle jar, and that dude hacked. Go, uh, go, send, uh, give, give send, go. Give, give send, go. I, I see all the computers in the background here. See, this is the thing. Uh, you know what a deep fake is? Yeah. It seems to me like this guy is a, this is a deep fake. We know you sit there and you do this code and all that. If that site was that vulnerable to that form of, because you know, one of the things I know a guy that actually does this, his name is junk bond. He wrote a book called reverse deception and they pay him to go to sites like uh, give, send, go and to hit, to hack it and to tell them how did he get in? So then they write a program, right? So that, uh, and, and, and you continue doing this. You pay, actually, people that can do this so that you know where your vulnerabilities are and you know where your weaknesses are. Um, anyone that's handling that kind of transaction, those kind of millions of dollars like that, that didn't do that, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. But as far as, uh, yeah, I doxed the truckers, the, doc- the truckers dox themselves. These guys aren't hiding. You played a video earlier, uh, Mike, when we were sitting here waiting uh, for our, our, our friends to show up of one of the guys who was like, uh, well, how long do you plan to stay well, until it gets done? Are you worried about, you know, losing whatever you had? He goes, no, I've already pretty much lost it. I played a video yesterday on my show on the crusade channel of a guy being asked about his bank account. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, well, would, 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 does Trudeau and the Canadian government going into your bank account and taking your money? Does that worry you? And he goes, uh, no, because I don't have anything left in there. <laughs> so the idea that, the, that someone is involved in a public protest, that's by definition, what aren't they wearing? 
No face diapers. Almost every one of the Freedom Convoy men do not wear the, the, the mask of obedience, right? The sign of, of, of the dark one that you're in on it. Yeah, There's yeah, people, yeah. Look, have you ever heard of facial recognition software? Here, here, I'll tell you. You're watching this on Facebook? Go find one of those truckers. Do, do a screenshot of it. Post it in your in your Facebook, like in your messenger, and I will wager you that by the time you've typed in, this is one of the Freedom Truckers, Facebook will have identified that guy and will start filling his name in and asking if you want to tag him. <laughs> so doxing the truckers, I call BS. Straight well, up BS. That guy is nothing more than he is. He's a poster boy. He's just a spokesman for the real bad lizard people. The one that well, Alex he, Jones is already talking he about. De- he definitely wants to be the poster boy for not only doxing the truckers, but listen to who else he claims to have doxed. I hacked Epic Hosting! I hacked Parlor! I hacked Gab! I hacked Truth Social! I hacked Go! Gibson, go! I don't care! I'm, you can literally put my name into the news tab on Google and you can find everything I've done. I am literally in every mainstream media publication for the things that I do. I'm not an unknown actor. I'm literally a famous cyber terrorist. Now, psychologically, you look at this young man and you, you can obviously see homo narcissism. Mm-hmm. And homo narcissism is is uh, something that compels someone to want to be the center of attention at all times. And maybe it's true that he that he hacked somebody, or maybe it's not true, as as the king dude said. But either way, what's happening here is a public display, Ryan, of homo narcissism, in which a young man is desperate for the adulation of the public and to be in the public eye. That's what we're witnessing. No, absolutely. And, you know, there's the, um, there there's probably is a demonic element too, in terms of demonic obsession, just, just by going over his movements and the intensity. Uh, you, you do see that in a lot of times of people who are demonically obsessed. Doesn't mean he is. It looks that way. Could also be whatever the all cocaine diet. I have no idea, but um you know, people like that, they have to get that, that attention and they don't care how they do it. They really don't. They, they absolutely have to get themselves out there and they have to get themselves, um, you know, noticed whatever they're going to do. He's basically admitting to acts that'll get you in jail for five to 10 years, but it also proves the rule that, you know, he's got someone on, on the other side of it in mm-hmm. terms of, um, you know, deep state actors or whatever, because almost all hackers have a handler in the government. Very few hackers get on themselves. And when they do, that's usually the ones that get arrested, the ones that don't have some kind of handler in one of the intelligence agencies for either in the U S or the UK. So again, I can only echo what Mike church is saying. I have a very hard time believing that this guy is acting on his own and with, with no, no one else in the picture. Let, let's finish out the video because I think there's there's one other aspect I want to bring Brother and James in as well to to analyze this young man. He's, he's obviously very troubled. And you think that you could scare me? <sighs> hey, 
See, they always default to the pedophile accusations. They always default to that because they have nothing else. It's actually some projection. That guy, I want to see his browser history. That guy loves little girls. I've hunted pedophiles. I've outed pedophile rings online. I have gotten pedophiles arrested, buddy. You have no idea who the hell I am. There isn't proof of it, you fucking lying little die. I'm going to restart this live. Okay, I noticed two things here. First, uh, how easily he uh, he flips between extreme anger and being very calm. Uh, obviously, um, there's something going on there. But the homo narcissist is is really just a fairy who wants to project himself out to be very masculine, James. That's that's the profile of the homo narcissist, and that's exactly what we're seeing. This guy, I don't care. I'm not afraid of anybody. You can come after me. I hope you all die. Uh, when in reality, as Mike Church said, this guy can't even open a pickle jar. No, and you know what's interesting is I I, I wager this. I wager if you had Michael Obama and uh, that gentleman, uh, you hand him pickle jars. I, I wager Michael Obama would have that jar open, you know, in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, you, you know, <clears throat> what I'm seeing there, <laughs> what I'm seeing there I, uh, from that display that we just all uh, witness is a man who's definitely being controlled uh now i hadn't seen the entire video uh, i'd seen maybe the first few seconds of it but after watching uh all the clips you've played in succession this guy definitely is uh being put out there as a frontman and what's really obvious is yeah sure he's worked with uh maybe because this is what happens right you know the the uh fbi cia or you know these government agencies will reach out to somebody and they'll They'll maybe uh, bring them in, and ha they'll have they'll have a work for them to bust certain things. To you know, basically, uh, he he may have you know uh, bust a, a ring or two. I don't know, but yeah, sure, it's possible. It does not mean that he's uh, not uh, uh, you know in any sort of uh, a pedophilic type of uh, you know uh, behavior. You know, um, so he's definitely got problems. Uh, and of course, it's the first thing I, I saw when I was like, you know, he's going from extreme to calm. You know, uh, he's moving, slithering like, uh, you know, a, a, a serpent, you know. So he's got some serious problems and yeah. he's he's wanting to be on the main stage so badly that uh, it looks like he's acting. And uh, he wants know, so, to feel important. Yeah, he wants to feel important, brother Martin, and this yeah. is this is what it comes down to: is pride. The homo narcissist is one of the is one of the most uh, prideful uh, creatures amongst the amongst human beings, um, and they want they have to be the center of attention. They have to put themselves out there. They have to feel like they're uh, doing something for the greater good, championing some cause, and that the world would be worse off without them. That's that's what that's what we're witnessing with this young man. That's what we witness in all aspects of the life, even in the church. I mean, the homosexual act in and of itself is a worship of the same body that you have, um, <laughs> as, as, as opposed to seeking the other, seeking something that's uh, complementary. It's a worship of the self. And when, when, you, when you sin so much, when, when, you, when you dive into this sin, and, and it becomes kind of who you are and how, how you behave. And so even if you were to stop that act, I think I've said this on, on the rundown before, um, whatever change has occurred, whatever wounds um, that is created in your psychology, they're, they're all still there. And so it expresses itself in another way, self-worship. And so 
you're absolutely right that th these homo narcissists want the world to love them. They want to feel loved. Uh, yeah. And so they make, they make, yeah, they live in a fantasy in their head that there is some great superhero that the world can't live without them, that uh, it's, it's a better place that they're there, that they're champ championing some cause. Um, and really the only cause that they're championing is, is this idea in their head that they, they're worth anything. And that's where they find their self-worth um, yeah. rather than, rather than God being uh, made in his image and likeness. They, they find it in, in this. Lots of people find their self-worth in their pets. And in California, there's a new law introducing a bill of rights for dogs and cats, granting them the right to a life of comfort, free of fear and anxiety. <laughs> free of fear and The dog has more rights in California. What about the bill of rights? Awesome. And, and the dolphin and the human being. The children... <clears throat> The children in California are still masked, still socially distanced, still scared. They don't have the right to be free of fear and anxiety. They, they, they're they full of fear and anxiety, but the dogs have rights in California. Anxiety is a human emotion, first of all. <laughs> Let's do a little Philosophia Perinus, Philosophy 101. Anxiety is a human emotion. Uh, or a reaction maybe to fear or, or, or the, the absence of hope. Maybe that's how you have anxiety. Uh, you can't take fear out of animals. If you take fear out of animals, Brother Martin, they die because they're not afraid to get eaten by other animals. So actually the fear element, in, a, in a, this guy is actually, he may be practicing some bestiality, this guy, because he's going to kill more animals than he's going to save or we must keep them free from fear and anxiety. The last thing you want to do, if you've got Bambi running through the forest and it has no fear, a bear is going to eat it. <laughs> oh, is, that's a good point. Are they really anti-animal and trying to be pro-animal in California, Ryan? Yeah, it's – well, who's going to enforce this? This is the, the fun one. Are, are you going to have um, animal control coming to the door, inspecting your pet's living space and – uh, looking for uh, who who might be caught, you know, you might be causing your animal distress. Oh, you know, you and your husband yelling, ma'am, it, it's causing distress to your your dog here. Uh, we're gonna have to fine you now. Um, this is just one more thing to use in order to catch up people. It, and it's really, I think it, it's a far more sinister because it is catching up the, uh, you know, with, with the whole movement against livestock, raising your own animals, because this is just the springboard. If dogs and cats have a life to a, a right to an anxiety-free uh, life, well, uh, what about your sheep? What about your goats? What about your uh, your, your your pigs, your horses? You know, um, you know, whatever. It's like, especially when it comes to your your breeding animals for for food, uh, your rabbits. Good heavens, you know, who knows what what else? You kill poor little buddy rabbits. Uh, yeah, because when you, you fry up the meat with a lot of butter and stuff, it's actually pretty good. No, 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 you can't do that. You're killing poor, little defenseless animals. That's the next step to make you even more helpless before the state. I well, the, the kitty in the picture has lost its fear, and it's getting ready to get eaten by that dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what an ironic picture to use. Of course, that's the Babylon bee. So. That dog <laughs> or not anxious. the bee. That dog looks anxious to eat that cat. <laughs> um I regret to inform everybody that we may have to begin a new weekly segment called Hillary Watch. Hillary's back, and it appears that she's uh, getting ready to jump on the campaign trail again. And we must reject the big lie about the 2020 election and the cover-up of the insurrection of last January 6th. 
and we can't get distracted, whether it's by the latest culture war nonsense or some new right-wing lie on Fox or Facebook. By the way, they've been coming after me again lately, in case you <laughs> might have noticed. It's funny, the more trouble Trump gets into, the wilder the charges and conspiracy theories about me seem to get. It's all conspiracy theories about her, Ryan. It's, 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 just, it's just the vast right-wing conspiracy from 1994 that just hasn't died with Hillary Clinton. Are we going to see, my question, are we going to see Hillary versus Trump again in 2024? Is that I, is that what we're teeing ourselves up for, dear Lord? I sure hope not. Um, tr- Trump's too old at this point. He's far too polarizing, e- even if our system really is free and fair, which I don't believe it is. Um, I really hope we don't see that. And I think uh, uh, the showrunners, as it were, uh, that that put up your 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 candidates to love and hate, and so you know your five minutes of hate, they realize that Hillary's far too divisive as well. And if anything's going to motivate every you know conservative voter to get out there, <laughs> then again, maybe that's what they want. They want more people in the plantation. It's hard to really predict what they're really going to do. I just hope not to see another Hillary and Trump uh, you know contest. I think it's going to be absurd. Um, <clears throat> Hillary, of course, you know the, the right wing conspiracies. You look at the things she's naming here. That's actually really important. Um, January sixth, obviously, or the, the the date that it comes after uh, the fifth and before the seventh, right? Which yeah. is the holy feast of the Epiphany. That is not whatever yeah. political nonsense they want to they want to have, and that's but that's they want to again pretend seriously. People who overthrow governments for a living were scared of a bunch of misfit Trump supporters were in Viking Davy Crockett guy walking in. Um, and you're going to keep hearing that repeated. They're going to keep drumming that up and act like you're ridiculous for not believing it. And then additionally, what is else does she name things on Fox news and Facebook, the mm-hmm. same Facebook that fact checks when, when you fact checks, you write, a, you share a story. It's true. We found this mostly false because like one detail they disagreed with, but couldn't disprove. Or they admit that everything in the story was correct, but it makes this person look bad, so therefore it's false. right? All this kind of Orwellian doublespeak. Yeah, that Facebook lies on Facebook, but it meets up with, again, the censorship platform. So whether or not she's going to run again, she is out there basically giving you that blueprint of the future in terms of dissenting news, dissenting voices, and especially more control. Facebook, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers the Facebook whistleblower that came out uh, at the end of last year. And it was this big news story. And they're all focusing on that, uh, of course, while other things are going on. And then what happens? This this lady is talking about, oh, Facebook's sharing all this right-wing news, and they're, they're not censoring it. They weren't censoring hard enough. That was her whistleblower testimony to Congress. Uh-huh. And so big tech and censorship is like this. Oh, please, daddy government, don't throw me in the briar patch because they want the censorship, because that's going to require them to set up apparatuses, which they can afford, but competitors cannot. So you can't create your own space, your own, you know, whatever. I mean, Parler's hot garbage. I always hated Parler from its inception. Uh, I don't use it. But um, when you create your own social media platform, it by law, it will have to have these censorship policies in place, which require all these patented systems that Google is developing and whoever else is developing that you won't have. Which means you will not be allowed to function. Yeah, uh, we do need to have this disclaimer, King Dude. Whenever we discuss Hillary, I'm not feeling suicidal, and neither are you. 
I live not. I live near a lake and the Mississippi River, and I don't ever swim in either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have an aversion to anything over the first floor. <laughs> you just go down the the, the litany here. You know, I, I uh, when watching that video, I'm thinking like, if Zuckerberg cons Hillary into be one of being one of his spokeswenches for this wretched thing that he's come up with. Yeah. That when she appears in the metaverse, it'll actually then she'll be in the Gretaverse. That she'll actually look like Ooh. that manipulated little eighteen-year-old. Uh, let, let me ask you a question. Trump is too old. I agree with Ryan Grant. He'll be seventy-eight. I want to say uh, is is that right? Seven or will he be eighty? Either seventy-eight or eighty. Somewhere around in, there, yeah. In twenty uh, twenty twenty-four, um, that's pretty old. Now, uh, granted. Uh, one of my uh, favorite politicians, I named a daughter after Ronald Wilson Reagan. I think Reagan ran when he was 78. I believe he's the oldest elected president, I want to say. So it's not inconceivable. Inconceivable. But um, I don't think that he is the future of the of, of the Republican Party or the right or whatever you want to call it. But, but look at what's happening with the Democrat Party. As I like to say on my radio show, they only get one generation at doing this. Yeah. By definition, if you're running around with, with tranny mammies and sodomites and lesbians, you don't have a future. You have one shot, one generational shot. This is it. Look at the bench for the Democrat Party. They don't have one. What, are they going to put Cory Booker up there? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Who's on the bench for the Democrat? They don't have a bench. There's no one for them to go to. It's not. It's not inconceivable that they'd have to drag Hillary out there. Or rather, they'd had to whistle for her broomstick and have her fly into the convention. Um, I don't think that she's going to do it. Why do it? What would be the purpose? I, I all think, practical yeah. intents and purposes, the Clintons have all the political power they could ever have. They may not have direct control, but they mm -hmm. have indirect control. Let me mm -hmm. go back to something that uh, that Ryan was saying earlier about projection and that, that, that demon that we were watching on the screen. It's not only that they have to have this homo narcissism; they all have to project. Look at the uh, uh, at the Disney movie that's coming out on March the fourth on Hulu. Fresh. This is a story about a doctor. Gee, I wonder why they chose a doctor. A doctor who seduces women to come to dinner at his home. He drugs them and he puts them in cages and begins slowly cutting parts of their body off and eating them. The the parts he doesn't like, he sells. Okay. This is a Disney film. If you look closely at the movie poster, uh, I think I have the uh, graphic. I don't know how to share my screen, but I, I, I could show it to you. Look closely at the movie poster. It's a USDA kind of looking label for meat. There's a severed female hand in there with nice nails and what have you. And if you look very closely at the label, here's what you'll see. You'll see uh, to it, uh, not for everyone, and then the price. And then on either side, right and left, you will see a Baphomet head. True story. Wow. They have to put it into everything. They, It's part of the deal. When you sell your soul to the bogey, to the bad man, to the dark lord, to Satan, when you make the deal, whether you make it directly or whether you, uh, uh, you make it in your conscience, you agree to pride. And part of the pride deal is you must express and you must show the world that you are one of them. And you must show all of them that you're one of them. Now, I'm going to do this for the camera, but I'm not doing this so that uh, uh, executing my deal. Mm -hmm. Here's how you will see them. Yeah, that's right. Or yeah, you see them doing that, 
bought and sold, and every single one of them somewhere, including someone certain uh, that all of you know um, uh, that is in Catholic broadcasting these days. There are photographs all over the Internet of him doing those poses. Uh, so they have to project this. And when they, and, and we should all be looking for the projection. Look for the projection. When you see the projection, then know what you're dealing with. And I, you know, you're, you were talking about. I have back absolutely to- no idea to whom you refer, King Dude. It makes no <laughs> sense to me what you're talking about. Well, uh, well, back to blue. Back to blue. Our Lady, Marion Blue. If you want to back the blue? Back the here. Back this blue. <laughs> That's a blue to back. Um, while you guys are talking, I'm going to find that graphic, Mike, and I'll show you the fresh label because I photoshopped, uh, blew it up so that I could see it, and then I put arrows on it to, to oh, point yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, I just want to show everyone that with the, the projection that I'm talking about. They have to show it. It's yeah, required. Let's do that. We'll try to, You find that. We'll try to get that on the screen. Meanwhile, uh, in our public school is a mortal sin segment, which we, which we have every week, and you all know what I mean when I say that. Yes, there are carve-outs. Uh, we have a couple different videos from teachers and from school boards. Here's a school board meeting in which a mom gets up and says, hey, I have these pictures on my iPhone here of you people, you superintendents of the school boards being around children maskless. <laughs> she gets arrested. Here's a picture of you right here on Facebook with a crowd of people That's it. with no mask on. Uh, this is my time and I don't interrupt no. you. Here's another picture no. with you with a no mask on. I'm sorry, Miss Vaughn, you are done. If you are going to sit there and disparage a member of our school board, then you can sit down. If you have something effective to say, I am not going to sit here. This is not Can we have a police officer, please? Really? Yes. I, no, I'm not scared. I don't care. I would like you to either talk about something. You can talk about something that concerns our school board. Is there something about our students you would like to talk about? Then talk about our students. Can you please ask the spots, Thank you. Ms. Bob, let's let her have it. Let's let the rest of us talk. It goes on. She's hauled out in handcuffs, James. Imagine, imagine all you're trying to do, James, is point out the hypocrisy of these of these little tyrants, these little dictators, these little Fauci who are running your children's lives and depriving them of the of the oxygen that their brains need to fully function. And by pointing out the hypocrisy, you're guilty of a crime and you might even be a domestic terrorist. Hey, rules, rules for you, but not for me. Yeah, at that point, being that lady, I would have turned around and started basically letting that officer, that peace officer, have it. You know, he was inching closer. And it's like, I'm sorry, who, whose rights are you here to protect? You protect the rights of these people who are denying my own children rights, you know? I mean, what kind of topsy-turvy world is this? That's a situation that just keeps getting weirder and weirder because nobody's standing up for the things they need to stand up for. And all the people who are sitting back there watching this unfold, what are they doing? And they, they're just letting them go to the slaughter one at a time? You know, if we resist en masse, things can happen. You know, so, um, yeah, that, that's that's kind of what we're seeing around the school boards, right? The school boards are always right. It doesn't matter if uh, they're doing things in private, you know, as long as no one catches them. But if they get caught, guess what? You know, uh, you're the one going to get arrested. Absolutely insane. 
Ryan, we've had these labels forever for for uh, almost an entire generation. These labels that terrorism is the enemy. Terrorists are bad. We've had a war on terrorism, a war on a concept. We have demonized the idea of terrorists. Terrorism always defined as being people over there. Now they just take people who are over here and they call them terrorists. Was that their plan all along? I think that was the plan all along. It was the the meta narrative that was going to be seeded in into the consciousness. So here is 9-11. Oh, those dastardly bearded terrorists in caves in Afghanistan. We have to go after them. Now the terrorists are in Iraq. We have to go over to Iraq. And then the, the greater plan for the Middle East, the terrorists are in Libya. Um, Libya gave up its chemical weapons and they've been giving you know jobs to everybody and they've been uh, working with the U.S. State Department. It doesn't matter. Terrorists are in Libya because that's now the next target of state propaganda. And of course, you see the rebels. What's the first thing the rebels do? They found a central bank. Hmm. How funny about that. But, um, you know, it always moved along. And the same thing, all our involvement in Syria, our involvement in uh, revolution in Egypt was based on what? We got to stop those terrorists, even when we're putting terrorists into power or using terrorists um, that killed American soldiers in Iraq. But hey, they're okay in Libya and we're going to pay them. Um, we, you know, it's really just, you know, continuing the 90s policies on so many things. Uh, then now we get into it, the meta narrative takes over terrorism is right here and so the similar thing with um you know all the all the paradigms they just get recycled so back then it was you know soldiers are your heroes even though um when they come back we're just going to completely ignore them we're going to abuse them we're going to give them no treatment for the crap we put them through over there and uh veteran suicides by the way are through the roof nah nobody cares about that thank you for your service now go now go put one in your head that that's that's society's response to the soldiers who've been put through the meat grinder uh and it's despicable but that's those are the heroes and the same thing now with healthcare workers 2020 the heroes people coming out randomly to cheer outside balconies all over the world and with the media sponsoring this type of thing right as soon as they don't take the jab now they're the enemy so all of these systems are weaponized. Terrorism and is now being sick. Terrorism is opposing any measure mm -hmm. that has been self-defined as that, you know, th these things are going to keep you from being sick. That's terrorism now. Because it basically, it's always this meta narrative that can always morph into whatever you want it to be, whatever they need it to be. The next phase of terrorism will be climate change deniers. Anybody who denies that man-made activity, you know, climate change is man-made thing, who denies that carbon is going to kill us and destroy the atmosphere. How funny, carbon, the very thing that we need to live. Carbon, the thing that allows human life in, in, in any kind of human industry by which we can feed and clothe ourselves. No, 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 we can't, can't have any of that. Anyone who wants that is a terrorist. They're, they're gonna, you're going to destroy society, and that's where the next phase of it is going to go. You know who I think are the real terrorists? The real terrorists are the people who make this this disgusting. <laughs> These are the real terrorists. Look at that thing. See the Baphomets down there? See the two, see the two Baphomet heads? I I I yes, do. I, I do. You blew them yeah. up. That's incredible. I can't believe that that's real. Disney. That is Disney. Disney Studios. They create a little shell company, a production company, and then they release it. By the way, Disney owns Hulu. Yeah, they do. Oh, wow. It is. So all this I did was go like, fresh. yeah, all this I did was just, fresh? it's called Fresh. Sebastian Stand is going to play the doctor. He is uh, Bucky uh, from uh, yeah, Civil America. War, Captain America Civil War. 
he is the star of this flick. And as I said, the flesh that he doesn't eat, he sells. So the, the caption, $15,900 a pound, is, is from the film. This is the world in which we live when the Disney Corporation, which Walt Disney was 33rd degree Illuminati Mason. No doubt about it. Um, the Disney Corporation now does thinks they can get away with this, and no one's going to do anything about it. You know why they think that? You know why they think that? Because they are going to get away with it. This is disgusting. This is absolutely despicable. Yeah, you're right, and and they'll act with impunity. Um, more public school craziness. This is a teacher. This is indoctrination. This is sick. All right, Miko. So this question says, what do your students call you since you're non-binary? Miko is one of my students. What do you call me, Miko? They, them. That's my pronouns. But what do you call me as your teacher? Teacher Roby. So you know my pronouns are they, them. You know that you go by or I go by teacher Roby. What are your pronouns? She, her. Very good. And is um, how do you feel about calling me teacher Roby? And how do you feel about my pronouns being they, them? I feel good about your pronouns, and I think you should accept yourself and don't listen to the disrespect. You should definitely accept yourself. Absolutely. I love that for you. And um, when when sometimes if a student um, messes up my pronouns and says she, her, or calls me Miss Roby, what do I say? You say she or they. Right. And then I also will remind you to call me what? Teacher Roby. And that's it. Do I ever get upset at you? No. Do I ever make you upset or feel unsafe? No. Do you feel safe? Yes. Very good. All right. Say bye. Brother Martin, do you see how they're using children to normalize the assault on uh, identity, the assault on reality? That's what we're, we've been in a 700 year struggle with the assault on reality. And this this has to be the absolute final phase of it where we deny the principle of identity, where a person is no longer a person that <laughs> that, uh, uh, that that has a distinguishable identity. Um, and they're using children now to advertise and market and normalize it. Absolutely, because they can't reproduce. They have to steal your children and, and brainwash them, which is why, I mean, a little two-income two trap. We want uh, mothers to go to work and to need babysitters. And so you send them to public school, finance again by our taxes, so that the, the state can raise your children. Um, it's ultimate brainwashing. But going back also to hypocrisy and projection, I think, I think one thing that I've not really been put, putting together, but I can clearly see it now, is that hypocrisy is kind of just a – you get one chance at hypocrisy in the sense that you have one concept, you you believe, you say one thing, and then later on you say the exact opposite. But when it becomes a, a, a lifestyle, when it becomes something you do constantly, um, a, and accusing other people of doing uh, doing something, it's not so much hypocrisy anymore, but it, it is it's truly a projection that you hate something about yourself. You see it in others, and rather than trying to destroy it from within you in yourself, you uh, accuse other people of, of constantly doing it. Maybe even making that your mission to to eradicate this from society because you see it in yourself and you and you can't eradicate it from yourself and so you try to solve that problem make yourself feel good by doing it in other people like i, I know i have a friend who exposed some hypocrisy with screenshots uh text messages all that kind of stuff and and how did, how did the people that were exposed respond they ended up suing him you know so it's the same thing that's going on in the public schools you, you expose their hypocrisy they'll arrest you um so the, the and certain people in, in, in media. So. Yeah. Well, they, they certainly are going to call you domestic terrorists if you if you oppose their their agenda. But the king dude, I mean, the fact that they're using these children as it's like Stockholm syndrome. They're using her as a prop. I mean, this is this is definitely child abuse. Uh, in in any sane society, it would be called that. But but we don't have a sane society anymore. 
Well, first of all, what I call that teacher is a poor excuse for a female predator from the film. Yeah. Uh, but she actually is a predator. Second of all, I have a, say a saying that I repeat, crafted about five years ago now. The demons are ascendant. They come for the children. They won't take no for an answer. Wow. There you go. That's what you saw right there. Uh, there's pr some projection going on here, too. Remember, they have to they project. They always they're always projecting what it is that they actually are doing uh, onto the object that uh, she was projecting onto that child what she actually is and what she actually thinks. And for the child to be sitting there going and nodding up and down, first of all, why the masks? Why, why can't we see all of your emotions? Why can't I see the little girl's emotion? How do yeah. I know she's not going? Yeah. Terrified underneath the mask. Second of all, any child can read a script. Since when did we start taking barking orders from children? The <laughs> idea is that a child all of a sudden gets to determine their, uh, their role and their fate in a civilized society. That's not how it works. The fourth commandment says, honor thy father and thy mother. I have a talk I give. It's called Six Words, Civilization in Six Words. Honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, did their mother or father know about this video, this TikTok video? Did they approve it? I, I mean, this is complete and total usurpation of God's order of family in just 60 seconds right there. Mm -hmm. Honor thy father and thy mother. There's no honoring. There's no mother. There's no father. There's an air sat. I don't know. Is, is that a mother, the woman? And by the way, was that a Confederate flag? Does she have a NASCAR hat on the Predator, babe? <laughs> it's like Cloud Planet. Was there a noose? Speaking of the noose. <laughs> it was in the background. You couldn't see it. It was on the chalkboard, the pull-down screen. It was on the zipper. There's a, there's a little noose on the zipper. You just pull it. Unbelievable. All right. I have no reaction to that. But however, the usurpation comment, Mike Church, I think that's brilliant. I want to play, I want to play the full video that we teased you with in the intro and kick it over to you, James. The usurpation this is what these people are doing behind your backs without the parents' knowledge or consent. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. Wow. So this guy is a super predator and a super groomer. Mm -hmm. He is using language to help implant into children that it's okay to come to school and A, not tell your parents what you're doing at school, and B, if you feel like you could be of this sexual orientation, it's okay. You know, if you feel you want to have gender dysphoria, that's okay too. If you feel that you want to basically dress, you know, uh, uh, you know, in a girl's uh, in girls' clothing, if you're a boy, that's okay. If you want to do the opposite, if you're a girl, you want to dress in boys' clothing, that's okay. So he's packed very cleverly. This is demonic, very clever. He's created a thing that can basically uh, use as a cover to get into children's minds and to basically have them do or say whatever he wants, whenever he wants, when they're in his protection. This is amazing. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's done without the consent of the parents. 
right. And we've we've played we've played multiple videos every week on on the rundown where we show that the left doesn't want you to have control over your children, Ryan. They don't want you to have any 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 rights over them. You don't get to raise them. They are property of the state. They are not members of the family. That is their end goal. Um, and so changing the child's psychology and his or her identity away from the family, away from the mom and dad, is is just furthering the goal of breaking up the family. Mm-hmm. It is. The, that is the, the, the battleground, is the family at every level. And so parents at the moment are somewhat necessary but uh, very much disliked uh, instruments of production of the next generation of tax cattle. So uh, until they can get the artificial wombs working and then just just create everybody uh, through artificial insemination in some artificial womb, and then you really will belong to the state. You'll be the product of a genetic experiment. And stuff like this has been explored in in science fiction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people seem, I think people watch science fiction. It's like, that was cool, and they walk away. And so that science fiction, instead of becoming this vehicle to explore uh the problems even by analogy that we suffer right now and the 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 down the the bad road that we're going to go through if technology is not married to ethic to to proper ethics or i should say to morality if that you you don't it's like that there's that perfect line in jurassic park um where uh what's his face jeff goldblum jeff goldblum's character is uh you know saying uh, Dr. Malcolm, he's saying that, well, wait a minute, you know, you guys, you move so fast and so quick and you never stop to ask whether we should, right? And that could be applied to almost anything uh, now, like uh, all the all Fauci's horrific research and things like that. If you don't have a, a morality to your philosophy of science, yeah, you're going to do horrific things. Yeah. Like, you know, what, 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 what do we do at Holocaust Remembrance Day? I don't want to get into any debates and discussions on on the politics of all that sort of thing, but at least in the, what was the whole point of what they're trying to teach you when you have science without morality, you'll do horrific things like, like Nazi scientists were doing same Nazi scientists we brought over here to work for us, but we won't mention that part, right? (laughs) Operation paperclip and all that. But that so, was different, Ryan. Come on. Yeah, of course, that was what different. Was that, that was okay. So here we are, um, and we, we watch science fiction, and nobody asks the question that Dr. Malcolm asks in Jurassic Park. Nobody says, wait a minute, um, are we asking if this is moral? Instead, we have bioethics and bioethicists that come around, and then you have even Catholic bioethicists that'll tell you all these things are great. Tearing out the heart, or the kidneys of a little um, you know, baby, uh, you know, after doing an abortion on her while she's still alive to use those stem cells and use those lines in uh, medical research, that's okay because look at all the cures we're going to get. No, that is ghoulish. That is horrific. That is worse. It is worse than what the Nazis did. And you have Catholic bioethicist, um, legionnaire of Satan priest, whatever, coming out saying, oh, this is okay. Look at all the cures it's going to give us. And that's, again, the problem when you go to um, ignore the, you know, the vehicles for exploring these things like in science fiction, these, these dangerous things. What happens if we create this? We could have this. Therefore, we should look at the moral applications of this type of technology and develop the technology in a way that doesn't lead to this but nobody wants to do that we're just you know when you talk about a philosophy of science or any kind of morality it's like no science is beyond all that the science is sciencing harder than it ever could science before and then you end up at the gulags you end up at a tyrannical police state two points quickly one science fiction is grooming for modernity 
my friend Aaron Carroll put that in the in the YouTube chat. Absolutely. I have a theory that the Holy Ghost is behind almost all this, and he doesn't ask for permission. He just does it. So to me, a lot of science fiction is projection of what is going to happen. And you see this. Look at any Philip K. Dick short story. They're all coming true. These are written mm-hmm. in the 19th. Every single one of them now has a modern, actual, real-life story. That's the first thing. And, uh, and when you look at science fiction, there's also read Dr. Michael Crichton's books. Read Jurassic Park. This is a cautionary. This is a cautionary tale that you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't start monkeying around with DNA and seeing if you could revive dinosaurs, which, by the way, lived six thousand years ago, not six hundred million years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should just because you can, you shouldn't. Um, and uh, the, the 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 other point about about uh, the the science fiction and what it is that they're doing and what they what they put out there, um, these are actual these are experiments. If you look, if you look at most of them, they ultimately are experiments. We're living in one. Yeah. The Franken jab is an mm-hmm. experiment. Do you know that the um, Moderna was going to go bankrupt? Right? They couldn't sell a drug. Why? Because every M RNA RNA receptor manipulator—that's the gene therapy that these clowns are uh, are messing around with—and now they've injected what two billion people? They claim uh, every single experiment of the M RNA. Uh, gene therapies on pigs, on rodents, uh, mice, and what have you, and on other small mammals, all the animals died. You know what they died most of? Blood clots. What are the morticians now around the world telling us when they're uh, draining the blood, the embalmers, out of the bodies of people that have been uh, that have been double vaxxed and what have you? What are they seeing? They're it was saying- an American AM Greatness uh, yesterday. They, they interviewed one of them. He got pictures. They're seeing blood clots this long. They've never seen before. They can pick them up. You can't pick a blood clot up. It'll dissolve in your fingers. And then he started seeing this white stuff. And he said, I'm going to put this in a bowl, wash it off. It's worms because it's a worm-like substance. How many people are running around with this stuff in there uh, from the Moderna and the Pfizer goo that are walking and talking heart attack bombs, just waiting to get a clot? And, And then we start to see this. Uh, one more point. I hate to hog, hog all the time up. Look at what's happening with the life insurance companies. 41% across the board increase in all-cause mortality, quarter four. This was reported not by some Mickey Mouse fly-by-night uh, life insurance underwriter. Prudential, the rock, is one of the ones that's ringing the alarm wow. bell and going like, we had a 41% increase in Q4. They are terrified of what this is going, what's going to happen. I think that the insurance companies are going to have to invoke a clause saying that if you got the clot shot, you experimented in a, in a, in a drug experiment, no death benefit for you. What is that going to do to the life insurance industry, which is hundreds of billions of dollars in the United States alone? I think that's the seed for the financial crash coming up. Wow. Interesting. Um we do two things towards the end of the show. We give our unpopular opinions, which you've already heard many unpopular opinions, <laughs> but we're still going to provide four unpopular opinions. We're going to put the poll out on Twitter to see whose opinion was objectively the most unpopular. 
Typically, when we have a guest on, like today, where we have the King Dude himself, Mike Church from the Crusade Channel, CrusadeChannel.com, uh, then we let the guest give an unpopular opinion. I will step aside because you know I'm so good at winning these polls. <laughs> um, I, I it helps it helps when I when I count the votes. You know, it helps to. to... <laughs> anyway, so um, so we're going to go around the horn. We'll start with Ryan. You will provide mm. your unpopular opinion, and the rules for the road are as follows: If you're on Twitter. You vote for the opinion that is objectively the most unpopular, not the one you disagree with the most, not the one that you agree with the most, but the one that you think in the context of everything is objectively the most unpopular opinion, Ryan Grant. Here we go. Okay. Um, so my unpopular opinion, we're coming up on Lent, and I happen to notice, uh, it'll take me too long to find it. I should have had it up so I could share the screen. Uh, there's a very prominent Catholic web blog. Uh, they do a lot of good reporting. They, uh, they they bring up a lot of good stuff. Uh, you, you know it, uh, Ticelli, you know it. And so, but on Twitter, they they sometimes they go in little purity spirals, spirals. And this was one of them. They put up a poll saying that you know you know we're giving up you know meat for Lent or you know you're doing penances for Lent or fasting every day except and then they have parentheses except Sundays, um, you know or some of the time whatever. And a bunch of people put in the the comments saying hey look this um it, it actually is traditional to continue abstinence from meat on sundays and then the the owner of uh, the rotocelli handle and the website went on this massive purity spiral oh you can't say it sundays that's so anachronistic you can't do that basically saying hey we're in the 21st century we don't do this medieval stuff anymore the very same thing the modernists do there is this uh, this tendency to be, and I'm not saying that you absolutely have to. Obviously, I mean, the, the, in Lent, Christ is the ideal. Christ fasting in the desert for 40 days in, in, where he ate nothing is the ideal. And you're, you're trying to approximate yourself to that the very best that you possibly can. Nobody is going to fully be able to do that in this life, with rare exceptions aided by the Holy Spirit. Um, it, you're just not going to be able to do it. So when you get down to the to brass tacks, you know, fasting obviously is what you can do. But if you're really looking to recoup the tradition, we should rather than sneer at the tradition, which did not eat meat or dairy products or eggs or fish throughout the entirety of Lent, except um, and like a two feast days, they, they, they used to, you know, they, over the time they allowed, you know, if you're like fish, but meat, you still gave it up on Sunday, right? Because it's one thing to say you shouldn't fast on Sunday, you know, which we actually, we do to a certain extent and for Holy Communion, uh, which again, if you're following the ancient tradition, you don't eat meat, or, I mean, not eat meat, eat anything uh, or drink anything until you receive Holy Communion, which if your mass is at one o'clock, that becomes quite an ordeal, but there you are. All right. And, uh, so instead of mocking the tradition, which said that we're going to, um, you know, give up all of these things, even on Sundays, we're going to continue abstaining from meat. We're not going to fast, but we are going to abstain. Um, instead of mocking that, we should say, well, if those who can do that should do it to the best of their ability. <clears throat> and, and instead of going in this purity spiral, how dare you even mention this? Mm -hmm. So instead of sneering at tradition because it's not up to date for your arbitrary trad standards, we should simply say, hey, anyone who wants to do that can, you know, should try to do that. Okay. Abstinence on Sundays in Lent is traditional and okay. Uh, James, unpopular opinion. Audio. 
There we go. That's better. Um, you know what? Um, I had an unpopular opinion, but I, I don't. I didn't write it down, so I don't remember it. So, um, I don't have anything this week. Oh, we'll skip you then. I'll jump know, in. That's I fine. Know, I know. Yeah. Brother Martin, unpopular opinion. Um, there was recently a a blogger who has kind of stepped away from the faith, um, and he he released a tweet regarding finding meaning in life. Um, I think his problem is something similar to a lot of people's problem. And here we're getting, we're gearing up for Lent, um, culminating of course in, in Holy Week, the, the sacred Triduum. I think a lot of us, whether we um, recognize it or, or not, prefer a Christianity, a, a Christ without a cross. Um, whether that be in choosing our penances uh, for Lent, um, you know, choosing mortifications that we like rather than really looking hard and saying, you know, what, what do I feel like I can't live without? And, and abstaining from this uh, for the duration of Lent. Uh, but I think we really need to, especially as traditionalists, um, find more meaning in the cross uh, than, than we typically do. So that means preparing for a financial crisis. How are we going to do that if, if we're attached to our material possessions, um, attached to our things, attached to our comforts? Um, so I, I think my unpopular opinion is just something in general. I'm not really attacking anybody in particular, but in general, um, we prefer a Christ without a cross. And I think hopefully as we're preparing for Lent in this, in this season of Septuagesima, um, we should, we should reflect on that and, and, and choose a penance this, this Lent uh, that, that, that reflects that reality so that we can have our hope in, in the cross of Christ. Amen. The King dude, I, I neglected to inform you that you had to come prepared with an unpopular opinion, but I, but you seem to have unpopular opinions just falling out of your pant pockets. I mean, you, t- this shouldn't be hard. <laughs> World champion here. Uh, all right. Since, since both unpopular opinions have to do with asceticism, I had an asceticism. I'm going to digress. Let me play your soundbite. This is their plan, people. These are demons. Just like the Bible says, it's basically an intergalactic invasion into this space through people. I, I'm telling you, it's what all the ancients said. It's what they warned of. It's what we're dealing with. They're demons. They're freaking interdimensional invaders, okay? I'll just say it. Make fun of me all you want on CNN or wherever, but everyone already innately knows this. These people are not freaking humans, okay? Hillary Clinton is a goddamn demon. Uh, I agree with Alex Jones. <laughs> How am I going to write that one up? Alex what? Jones is right? or uh... <laughs> one One clarifier on this. And there's several of these guys that they see lizards. They see lizard people. I'm like, oh, dude, if you just convert to the faith, you're right there. It is a lizard. It is a, a reptile. It's a serpent. It's it is a demon. But the reason you can't they can't make the whole connection is because they're not Catholics. And when you're Catholic, then you can see, yeah, I'm up against a demon. Yeah. <laughs> the lizard people that uh, David uh, Ikes, uh, uh, David Ickes. David Icky talks about who the lizard people are. You know, there's lizard people, and they're coming through this portal into this world, mm. and they're really, like, slimy, and, 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 and I think they're from another dimension. I'm like, they're not from another dimension. They're from hell, dude. Uh, the unpopular opinion is Jones actually is more correct if he just, if he just swim the Tiber. Yeah. What a Catholic Alex Jones would be. Oh, that's man. my unpopular opinion. Oh, that's Pray a for Alex Jones to convert. There we go. Oh, I, I don't know if I, I don't even want to compete. <laughs> that's with a good that one. one. That's, that's a good, good one. one. 
That's a good one. Um, all right. Let me throw out an unpopular opinion just so we have four uh, for the Twitter poll because you can have four, up to four on the Twitter. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy in the last two weeks, and it's broken out all, all across social media, and it all has to do with the subject of heresy and the papacy. And my unpopular opinion is this. I don't think we should be in the business of slamming people, attacking them, uh, c- calumniating them, saying that they're not Catholic or that they're, you know, or, or that they're horrible people, that they're leading people to hell, merely because they're trying to figure this thing out. Because look, the bottom line is we live in a very confusing time. Our lady told us that this would be a confusing time, and it is. And by the way, in times past when there were anti-popes, there were saints on both sides of the issue. There are saint, there are canonized saints in heaven today that you can pray to, that you can ask for uh, intercessory prayers from, who backed the wrong guy, who said a guy was pope who actually wasn't pope. So you can be wrong on this issue if it's confusing and people of goodwill can disagree but you don't have to be disagreeable about it. And so those who are tossing bombs about it, I think you should check yourself, uh, look yourself in the mirror, because you probably have a log in your own eye. That's my unpopular opinion. We have to do the grifting segment. It's my favorite segment because I rarely have anything to grift, but I'm always interested to see what other people are grifting. And Grant, you always lead us off with the grifting segment. What are you publishing right now? What's what's okay. good? Well, working through different delays, um, I showed uh, last week, I think it was, the autobiography of an old breviary, um, which I should be creating the link for today. Uh, finally, it took a little longer to get that uh get my printer to approve that and get uh, some of the specs on the hardcover done. So that's coming through. Um, I have... Uh, couple other projects coming to fruition and working uh, between reprints and translations, getting getting things you know done and wrapped up. So uh, the book club this month, the Mediatrix Press Book Club is having, uh, uh, this month's book is St. Charles of Seze. I didn't, I didn't go pick it up and pull it over. I'd have to stand up, walk over there and get it. And it's, it's early and I, I've only had two coffees. So um, anyway, so we, so we have that this month. Um, a lot of awesome things. There's uh, some, Rare and out-of-print books that we're getting into print. Um, there's a, um, what's the name? Particular Spanish uh, Jesuit in the 16th century. So again, back when that was a good thing. Um, I've got a biography on him. We'll announce that when that uh, is done. Um, and then uh, I've got just, just a whole bunch of books that, uh, you know, we're scanning, we're getting edited, we're getting processed. And um, so, so lots of good things. I don't have too much right now. But soon. Mediatric Press is hard at work. Uh, James, what's good this week? Mute. Oh, I think he's muted. There we go. I'm, I'm unmuted now. So I said I, I'm not grifting this week either. <laughs> You're not grifting this week. Nothing to grift. No, what are you I reading right now? What are you reading that we can read? I'm reading sermons of uh, San Alfonso's uh, delivery. Uh, that's always a good, and of course the the um, the sermons pertaining to preparation for Lent. Uh, that's always a very good uh, thing to you know to start doing before we're into Lent. I I had a poll last week, not a poll, rather a post last week on uh, Twitter. You know, I know we talked about it a little bit on the show last week, but we don't have enough preparation in the uh, new rite, in the uh, novice order, or the new order. We don't have it. The preparation that 
preparation that helps us to truly enter into life. We don't have it anymore. Uh, and so you have ordinary time, ordinary time, ordinary time, and then you dump it right into Lent. Whereas talking about this last week, as we did, you have the preparation, you have sexagesima, sexagesima, you know, quintagesima into, uh, and then, uh, you know, you have a, a quintagesima, and then you're, you're in Lent, basically. So uh, back then, or back in the old days, you would have sermons, preparatory sermons, you know, that uh, from from the saints, for instance, like Saint Augustine of Glory, even uh, Saint uh, Zemmarigiani would, would, you know, give uh, sermons that have uh, that that help you, that help you order yourself around the season that is approaching. And so um, right now, as we are making that approach into Lent, uh, take time to sort of gather your, yourself, your, your mental thoughts, your your your, uh, your idea of what uh, should be coming and what you ought to be preparing for, this is a good time to make, um, to, to read, uh, to pick up that book and read it. So get out there and start reading. Prepare yourself Love for that. Love that. Good exhortation. Uh, my church, the king, dude. Well, I'm the grifter upon an all uh, uh, whose shoulders all you other grifters stand. That's right. That. I invented this grift, and I invented the paywall. All right, here's my grift. It's a good one, too. Uh, I want you to become a Crusade Channel Mike Church Show daily listener, and I want you to crusade with us. And since I have been horribly uh, uh, unsuccessful at this endeavor six years in, other than our wonderful, wonderful uh, audience that we maintain and grow very, very, uh, uh, very, very in minuscule increments, I'm going to give all of you guys a shot to become Crusaders. So if you go to crusadechannel.com on the homepage, you will see at the top of the page a $100 bill. If you click that, it'll take you to sign up for a one-year Founders Pass membership. So you get all the premium benefits. You can listen to the premium stream. You get um, you get access to like 3,000 files, podcasts, including 1,500 of mine. There's over two, uh, 260 now of Brother Andre Marie's Reconquest. There's some guy from RTF Media has got some files on there, too. <laughs> and lots of other shows like the Barrett Brief and, uh, and uh, the, the True Money Show and the uh, early show with Fiorella. I'm going to give you a hundred bucks to join. That's my grift. Click that link. You can take a hundred dollars off a one year membership today and today only. So go to crusadechannel.com and join my grift. Now I, I got to ask you a couple questions about this. You're on the radio three hours a day. The King dude, four, four. hours a day, four Monday to Friday, four hours of content. The yep. last live radio station that's standing then you bring in Barrett. Then you bring in Kennedy. You got all kinds of other folks coming in and out. This is this. It's overwhelming content. How much does it cost? So for one year, it's one hundred and nineteen dollars. So I'm giving you a hundred off today. So it's nineteen dollars for a year. But that doesn't pay the bills. We we exist primarily on, and I guess I'm a moving target for certain individuals on donations and contributions here. I can't wait. You know, uh, Mike, I can't wait for my money, 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 money for my video to come out. Uh, it is it's, it is the greatest kept secret in all of broadcasting. And by the way, I would never pretend to represent our Holy Mother Church in anything that I do. We are not a Catholic radio station. People go, this is Catholic. No, it's not. It's the best radio station in the world with Catholics on it. 
So we have our priorities in order. And if you do that, well, I guess you could call it that, but it's not Catholic radio. But I think all of you watching the uh, the rundown, you will love it. And you will join our chat room and your group and you will become a crusader. And you'll see there's, there's actually a real community there that doesn't do what Mike was talking about earlier and slam each other every time you have a disagreement. And yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. I actually think this is, you know, I formed a nonprofit, the Crusade Radio Guild. We're going to build without usury, without banks, a complex in southwest Louisiana. Mike knows about this. And we're going to do it without taking any loans out. And we're going to do it. How did they build these buildings before there were banks and mortgages? How did they do it? Mm-hmm. Well, the Catholics got together. And as I said, we got to imitate the Mormons. We got to imitate the, the Amish. You seen the Amish building barns? I didn't see any bankers standing there going, like, oh, your notes do. <laughs> we, I'm going to prove that you can actually do this. And I'm building a room for Brother Martin to stay in when he comes to Lafayette, too. It has its own self-contained suite for traveling priests, traveling uh, uh, ministers, ministers, and for traveling brothers. So uh, you can join me in that endeavor, too, at uh, MikeChurch.com. You'll see the Walsingham West project there. Um, things are changing. I believe that this is not a movement, this movement to the farm they talk about, movement. And actually, it's part of Catholicism. We, we, we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And part of the being uncomfortable is learn to grow your own food. Even if it's just one little herb that you grow in a little pot by the window, start doing it. Because believe me, if they can cut the food supply off from us and starve us, they will. So um, those are my grifts, Michael, and thank you for the opportunity to to let me uh, uh, to give you guys a, a grifting shoulder to stand upon. <laughs> and room stock with bourbon for traveling publishers. There, there's a bourbon room. <laughs> well, we do we we do stand on your shoulders, and uh, and that room that you made for for Brother Martin, he might come down to Louisiana and he might have something grift when he's down there. But do you have anything to grift today, Brother Martin? I accidentally skipped you. Oh sure. Um, www.obasusanaugusta.com. Um, thanks be to God, we have some young men that are going to come out here pretty soon in, in March to uh, for a discernment visit. So um, we're getting this monastery in order arranged so that we can accommodate them and and move this community forward and, and to preserve tradition. So we also live exclusively on donations uh, to priesthood truth so that we could pray and study and, and have something to, to share with you guys. So www.obasusanaugusta.com. Amazing. Um, I just want to take one minute and uh, do my grift. It almost goes without saying that we we do live in a post-Christian and in many ways uh, anti-Catholic culture. Ours is a culture which abuses Christian terms like charity, like meekness. Charity isn't being nice and meekness isn't being weak. But we come to believe these things because we're not we're, we're just constantly surrounded by people who say them. We're also in the habit of avoiding conflict. We run away from our problems in our little curated worlds of uh, instant gratification with Amazon Prime now and Netflix on demand. The annoyances of people with whom we have conflict are so easily blotted out with the mere click of the block button. It's never been easier to avoid conflict with a bully. And um, we're just cast them into the outer darkness, really, uh, hiding out behind a block wall. So it's easy to wrongly assume that you can just solve your problems by uh, walking away. Uh, it's, it's easy to assume that problems don't have to be faced, uh, that most bullies don't have to be stared down. I get more than a few comments from people who ask me about a certain news outlet, most often with messages like, can't you just drop it? Can't you just leave them alone? When you're served 
with a lawsuit by an organization whose motto is serving Catholics, there's no wishing it away, ladies and gentlemen. There's no avoiding it or ignoring it. It's like the IRS. In fact, it's the deliberate use of lethal force of government to compel you to fight. You have to respond to the lawsuit by the certain deadlines. You have to provide information that they demand. You have to find an attorney to defend you. There's no off-ramp besides settlement or victory. Those are the only two options. I've been very clear about my settlement terms, both in public and in private, and there are only two of them. Number one, leave me alone. Get off my lawn. And number two, let the truth prevail for Father Jackson. See, this whole thing started because I believe that Father James Jackson, FSSP, deserved a legal defense. I believe that he had the right to remain silent. I believe that he had the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And I believe that he had the right to have his friends do as thorough a review of the matter as possible. Church Militant didn't see it that way. They didn't want him to have an attorney. That's why they demanded that Father Jackson not get a single penny. That's a direct quote from Christine Niles. Church Militant interpreted his silence as guilt in all manner of ways, online and in print, and they presumed him guilty on Twitter and elsewhere. Most emphatically, Church Militant never wanted me to hire a forensic investigator because I hired the very same one that they have used in the past. This is their wheelhouse, and I'm encroaching on it. How dare anyone else come to the aid of a priest who hasn't begged them for help? Michael Voris told me on the phone that unless Father Jackson comes to him and asks for his help coming on camera to proclaim his innocence, Father Jackson is 100% guilty. That's what this is about, and there's no backing down. I know a lot of you are well-intentioned when you tell me to just drop it. I would ask you to direct that energy towards church militant. Maybe you should ask them to drop it. Maybe you should ask them to knock it off and to go away. Tell them to leave Father Jackson alone. Charity is willing the good, and for their own good, they should end this conflict. Meekness is resigning oneself to the truth. Let them meekly accept whatever the truth is about Father Jackson. And if you're so inclined to help me in this struggle, go to givesendgo.com slash defeat CMTV. Thank you for watching The Rundown. God bless you, and have a great weekend. Thank you.